0: BLOB TALK RADIO WHEN
1: YOU MET WHEN YOU MET
2: By JJ and Graham, gentlemen, how you doing?
3: Uh, I'm warm. How are you?
2: I'm great. I'm just fantastic. Amazing. Never fantastic. been better. <laughs> Greatest day ever. You know how that goes. So uh, everyone thought out, warmed up from yesterday. Special you, Graham.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Specifically I... you, Graham. <clears throat>
3: I made my fire in my fireplace. I tried to stay as warm as I could during the game.
1: And
2: JJ, have you have you thawed out? Uh
1: yeah, I've uh, spent all day thawing.
2: I'm thawed. And David, you were you were nice and cozy and warm up in the press box yesterday. So uh-huh.
0: you were you were not frozen. frozen?
2: No, it was not frozen. So. But, uh, uh, Initial thoughts, gentlemen, uh, for being there. I mean, JJ, you were in the stand. Dave was in the press box. Graham, you were on your couch. Uh, In five words or less, just sum up the experience. Uh,
1: Great, awesome, awesome, great, great.
2: (laughs) Graham? Um,
3: TV probably didn't do it justice. I think that's six words, but do it would be one word.
1: Oh medium. Yeah,
3: do it. Yeah, T V probably did do it justice. Indeed. I've got five words
0: exactly. Something I'll remember for years.
2: Awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: Awesome. <laughs> awesome. 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 Those are that's my five. So, I don't know, it was just, you can't really, I don't know, it's hard to put it into words. It was just a very amazing
0: experience.
1: Right, JJ? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the game could have gone a little bit better, based on the...
2: Did we lose JJ? I, I
3: I think think we was, J.J.? I think we lost J.J. I think we lost a mid-thought. He did. Yeah, I think we, we, we did. lost him, like, mid-thought bubble. Like, he got
0: cut off. It sounds like somebody just reaped him yeah, in into the darkness. Caller J.J. has dropped,
2: according to the program I'm using. So, uh, let's go to Graham.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, did obviously look- not being there, it's different. I, but I got to see the game. So, uh Which was, you know, got to watch it. Sloppy game would be the way I would describe it. It was not the uh, it was not the greatest game to watch, entertainment wise. Um, I think the fact that it took about four hours also didn't help, but still cool. It was weird. I mean, I was at the you know watching it on TV. I got to the end, the wings were down and it was third period. And I was very, very nervous that they were not going to at least get it into overtime and they were going to lose. Like it felt like a playoff game, even though it was just, you know, just some, if you think it was just a regular season game, <clears throat> but I just so desperately wanted them to get it over. I wanted them to win, but I did not want them to lose in, uh, in regulation because I knew they needed the point.
2: Yeah, I know, uh, it was a pretty rowdy crowd, especially our sec- section of uh, the big house. But when it was 2-1 and there was, like, maybe six, it was it was very somber. It was quiet. Everyone was kind of like, oh, they're not really going to blow this, are they? I mean, they they got to tie this up. And then, of course, they did. And everyone cheered loudly. And we forgot that we were freezing our asses off. <laughs> JJ, are can you, you
1: here?
2: Yes, we
1: can now. Yeah. We lost a little bit. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, apparently the hotel Wi-Fi, uh, I ran out of time and I had to like go and re-enter the code to get another day's worth of, of hotel Wi-Fi access. Oh, excellent. So this if you're the past- at the, the double tree in Dearborn, the, the password is cookies too. <laughs> everybody. I'm mad so, at uh, cutting off my Wi-Fi. Code, so there's your password.
2: You, you were in mid thought when we lost you. Uh,
1: how far yeah. have I gotten into that thought? I think you were like three words <laughs> in, so it was like not even mid thought. I can give you the okay. sound that it made when you cut out. It was like, oh, that's amazing. No, it was uh, it was really great. It was really fun. Um, like the game could have gone better. Obviously, the ice conditions were were shit. So I mean, you don't you don't expect it to be like a super great game, but this was really the first time I ever felt kind of raw about uh, the game ending in a shootout. Like I'm actually pro shootout. Like one out of ten games should end in a tie. So I mean if it's gonna be like ninety percent of games I'm okay with a shootout. But this was this is one of the special ones where like everybody in the stands would have been okay with a tie. Um or I mean just extend the overtime, whatever. Just get a final goal. There really wasn't a final goal uh to end it and I think that everybody felt kind of kind of robbed by that. And obviously Toronto fans probably don't feel as robbed as we do because they won and I'm just sour grapes. But no, it was it was amazing. And then an overtime goal would have been fucking magical. And that was like the whole day. It's like we spent the whole day out in the snow, freezing our asses off, cheering, uh, sitting there with stunned faces when Toronto scored their goals. You know, the stupid USA chance, the let's go Red Wings versus go Leafs go chance, And, I mean, it was just a hell of a lot of fun. Every time we played music, everybody was singing along and dancing. And, and we had, like, really great seats for dancing, too. Um, it was just, what a great experience. Would you agree, Jeff?
2: I give it two thumbs up. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the the game ended in a tie. The, the Leafs may have won a skills competition at the end, but the game, in my mind, ended at two to two. Uh, or, imagine in my imagination, it ended on that Henrik Zetterberg breakaway that
3: was fucked oh. up by
2: that two fifty horn.
3: <laughs> like the <laughs> or the if, is- uh, if if overtime could have extended by about ten seconds. Uh, or if Nyquist had have seen Zetterberg coming down the wing, uh, oh, okay. I don't know if you guys could have seen that, but with like seven seconds left, Nyquist was breaking into the leaf zone. Kessel right caught right up to the... him. You mean he yeah, was leaping
0: into the leaf zone, or just... hobbling into the leaf zone.
3: Yeah, and if he had if he had just seen Zetterberg, it was a wide open one timer for Zetterberg, and he would have had at least half the net to shoot at.
2: That was, that was right in front go. of oh. uh, the The worst part about overtime was, so they did the horn thing in the third period at the 10-minute bar. You know, no one was really expecting it. We were just assuming they'd switch at the closest whistle, whether it was like a minute before or after or whatever. So it's like 30 seconds into overtime, and Tyler turns to me, sits next to me, and goes, so are they are going to switch sides uh, in the middle of overtime? And we're both like, nah, and that's not going to happen.
3: <laughs> fucking horn!
2: Went. We were just like, I was just like, "Fuck you, Tyler." So it's all and this they,
3: they had said. Uh, there were tweets all the whole time that they that was what they were going to do. There was going to be a horn at ten minutes of the third well, period. And there was going to be a horn. Stadium.
2: Yeah, never announced they, stadium. And I mean, we didn't have Twitter because no one's phones
0: worked. I don't think so. Right. At least mine didn't. I could say I could say from the press box because the uh, the PR guy who was actually doing the announcements I know him uh, personally through Michigan hockey stuff and uh, he would announced the third period only and most of us weren't aware of the fact that there was going to be a switching of the sides in overtime so that kind of caught us a little bit off guard and most of the Red Wings writers in the box were rolling their eyes a bit and then the Leaf writers uh, the interesting part the entire game every time the Leafs scored the Leaf writers would actually cheer. Which okay, I thought uh, most people were Really in the press box? Were, okay. In the press huh. box, there was actually a couple of people who went. Yes. It, visibly stand up and you know they would. It's okay to give a fist pump for the team that you write for, but there were there was visible cheering in the press box. <laughs> so it wasn't. So common, what you're telling it me? Wasn't, it wasn't like go leaf skull, but it was there. It was, it was pretty funny. So what you're telling? You
1: should you have gotten me the video Leafs of writers.
0: That. The Leafs
2: writers are really just Bruins writers.
1: Unprofessional hacks. The whole fucking lot of them.
2: There you go. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It 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 sucks that the game ended in a tie, but uh, it was just it was just fucking awesome.
1: I don't know. No, I Didn't hate. The... Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask Graham: Did the the television feed capture it effectively, or? Was the NBC? I mean, what was what was the NBC feed like?
3: Um, it was it was okay. There was a, there was a running joke about how they um, shoehorned Crosby into highlights because naturally, you know, at the start of the thing, they showed all the the previous ones and kind of like the defining moment of each one. Uh, although it's funny for the Wings Hawks one, they basically showed him walking out because that was the good moment for Hawk fans out of that one.
1: Yeah, they use that clip so much.
3: Yeah, just you know, a bit like, you know, with the first one it's um you know, it's Crosby scoring. Then they show the Hawk wings coming out. Then they show uh, you know the overtime winner, I think it was Bergeron who scored the no, overtime winner from Austin. Um, ah
2: uh, well, no, Sturm. Sturm Sturm.
3: Uh they show the penalty shot, um they showed they actually showed Speckle on uh on Crosby, but they—I mean, <laughs> they had—you um, know—they did the—the the one thing I didn't like about it is that Doc and uh, Olchek and McGuire were all rinkside to do the play-by-play, and you could tell that that they were missing things by because of the vantage point that they had. Like there was one play where Howard made just a magnificent save, and um, Doc was like Ed. He'd like and he paused and then it's like it wouldn't go. Like he's like I don't know what the hell just happened, but I'm just going to say it didn't go in the net. So there were a couple of things like that, but overall I thought NBC did a pretty good job with it. I mean they did crowd shots and uh, Al Michaels was there um, <laughs> and they had uh, weather guy there. Ronick fucked it up a little bit as you know Ronick can <laughs>
0: the Ronick. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, Milbury, did, you know, Milbury and Jones did the intermissions. Although I didn't watch much of the intermissions, I was, you know, peeing and stuff. But uh, no, it was good. Like I say, the, the TV. I mean, so watching it on TV, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly truly understand what it would be like to actually be in it. Although um, you could, you could tell from they would show shots of uh, around the rink down there where they were piling all the snow. And they uh-huh. were showing um, – NHL Network had a pregame show. They were showing them shoveling all the snow. Like, they were basically just out there all the time shoveling it and all the snow piles that they had up. So they did they did a, a good job, I thought, with it. I mean, I, they did as good a job as I think they've ever done with stuff like that. So I can
0: say they had um, – we were told that they had 82 cameras, which was a fact that was later tweeted out uh, – this is, this is one for Jeff because, Jeff, you do work in TV production with Nessun. And, uh, the one thing that I saw is, you know, there are always delays with live TV, but uh, we actually had the NBC feed running in the press box as well, and we were tweeting out information uh, to our followers, and several guys were going to my Leafs counterpart, uh, Jeff Gillette, and they were saying, hey, dude, you're like three seconds ahead of the TV feed. And yep. in Canada, apparently the delay was really, really apparent. It was almost something like five to six seconds. I think the NBC feed was about four or five, which is larger than what normally happens. I think it's like the, it's something like three. Do you know? Do you know anything about that, Jeff?
2: Uh, it, it, it depends. Three seconds seems about right. I, I'm, I'm not in master control, so I don't know for sure. I know after. Uh, um, for Nesson when Ortiz swore after the uh, the marathon bombings or whatever, he was like, "This is our fucking city." After that, we were on like an eight second delay for like the next week. But uh, no, it's, it's three to five is generally what it is.
3: I well, like when um, when they reviewed, uh, God, which goal was it? I think it
1: was Bo's goal. goal. The Van Riemsdyk.
3: Oh, the Van no, Riemsdyk one, the, the, Bozak. High, Bozak. the one they were reviewing for the high stick. Uh, Bozak. I knew. Via Twitter, they were still reviewing it on TV, and there were tweets coming out confirmed it's a good goal. So yeah, because I mean I had I mean I had Twitter up and I had the you know the the game thread up and everything, and there were a couple of moments where Twitter was a good five six seconds ahead because even delays in tweets right, even then I was still getting stuff, and that doesn't include the shootout, which is always ahead of of what you see. What shootout? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were like the start of the third period. They they said the third period's underway, and NBC was showing a commercial. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're behind. <laughs> so.
1: no, you talk about the the Crosby stuff. It was at the stadium too, like up on the the big screen just outside the the gate we entered in at. They had like trivia questions up, and of course it was like name the only team to win a winner Classic in a shootout, which now isn't uh, well, isn't true anymore.
3: Uh, well, um, there was actually the a most... fun fact. Um, Zetterberg is now the highest, has the most points in Winter Classic games. With four assists, okay. he's the leading scorer. So I made a joke that the NHL immediately scheduled the Penguins in the next four Winter Classics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would have said,
3: screw you, James Van <laughs> The The but only complaint that anybody really had about NBC, they had one camera angle, which was just it was the weirdest camera. You know how when there there are games in the arenas and they have that behind the net and up for power plays and stuff? It yes. was that except it was in the corner and it was oh, higher well, up. They had it on a uh, what it was
2: it was, not, it was a giant like jib that they had. It was like right in front of us in the corner. Yeah, yeah it was an,
3: it was awful. Awful. It was nauseating. I mean, it was just to watch that it, because it panned down the ice because it wasn't like, okay, the play's in the zone, so let's, you know, do it here. The, like, the play would leave, and you would be like, go back to the regular angle, please, God, this is awful. Nobody liked how it. The, how was the
2: camera on, like, the, the ropes or whatever, like, they used for the NFL all the time? How'd that look? Maybe that's the one. Uh, for thinking.
3: replays and stuff? No, they were all right. Like I mean, for, tar, for live I action.
2: I uh, shot in the shootout, they showed it. They did that yeah,
3: they did. Yeah, the, from behind, it was actually pretty good because it was straight on too, so mm-hmm. it was nice. Uh, but yeah, that corner angle was was atrocious. It was like just knock it off already, please, God. Just <laughs> go behind the net or something, but don't do this corner thing because it's so it's so weird. It's weird to watch it on TV, you know. So.
2: Live, uh, live, it was awesome. Despite yeah. the pictures, like pictures make like, seem very small and far away, but actually being there live, like we had a decent view. We, it didn't seem like we were, you know, we we could see pretty much all the action. You I know, mean, obviously, it was some of yeah, the said. far end of the ice, you can't see the little details, but you know, you you were watching the the action on the rink. You weren't watching the jumbotron by any means.
1: Yeah, our seats were uh, well behind and to the right of, of where Jimmy Howard started the game. Um, you go into the the bowl, and you basically you jump into the bowl at uh, row fifty six, and that's the row we were in. So we were basically in the the front row of the, I guess that would be the the upper portion of the bowl, and the, the seats were, were great. There's, yeah, we not, had there's the, plenty of room to to dance.
2: Like the handicap section was right in front of us. But yeah. there was no, there was one guy in a wheelchair and his friend, Thunder. And, but other than that, there was no one in front of us, and we had this big area that's, I don't know, decent enough size that we could just get up any time we wanted, and we didn't have to worry about it. And we had an usher who was a badass and just kept kicking people out who anyone tried to walk in front of us.
1: Yeah, I really liked him. The only problem was that, like, being basically in that front row was that we were getting hit with all the snow, and we're blocking it from the people behind us. That's okay. Hey, small price to pay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: How much of the snow wound up in Jeff's beard?
1: Uh, He actually did have uh, a few icicles on the mustache portion.
3: I uh I couldn't get over how uh how bulky you guys looked. Like you could just see how many layers you guys were wearing. I t- I told the, my wife um when I saw Jeff's pictures that he put up uh on Facebook, I thought it just like you can just you can just see how cold it was by the looks on people's faces and you know just I don't know you could just you could tell that it was really cold.
0: I can, I can vouch for that because we had one – we had a – for the media, the, the Young Center was where the workroom was. And that's for, – for those who aren't familiar with the Michigan – it's a complex setup. It's, Chrysler Center is literally right on top of Michigan Stadium, and they're pretty much attached. But you go into like a back door of the Chrysler Center to go downstairs to this media workroom where everybody was. But to get to the press box, you had to walk about a good five minutes outside. And uh, I actually was was perfectly fine. And then we brought the Maple Leafs counterpart in, uh, Jeff, because we we were having – his name is also Jeff. We were having all sorts of credential issues. uh, And and finally, when it was time to bring him upstairs, you know, he wasn't wearing a hat. He was wearing just one jacket. And he walked in, and his face was covered in snow. And he's trembling like you could not believe. And then the first thing that the security guard does is – Sweetie, would you like some hand warmers? And he gets a whole thing of hand warmers for free. He was freezing his butt off, and it was just, you know, he, we were very thankful for the heat after that, but we, we still can't imagine how 100,000-plus people sat through a game like that in, in what wound up being negative uh, 4 degrees Fahrenheit in windshields. So kudos to all of you. Alcohol. Except for Graham.
2: Lots of alcohol.
1: By the, by the I think it was only really bad in the first period because there wasn't any scoring, and so there wasn't any real reason to, to get up and cheer. And so we spent the first the first intermission, like, in the tunnel underneath the stadium, like, where all the extra carts and shit, like, there were, like, Carvel carts there that people weren't using, obviously, because, and they were full. They were full of ice cream, but we didn't want to steal any, because um, why the fuck would you do that? No, yeah, there
3: were yeah, there were people tweeting pictures of the of the concourses during intermission and just how just jam packed they were with people because they, everybody was trying to get out of the cold. Oh, it, the, was, it, the it was with, those, it was those was those kind of pictures that I thought, okay, maybe it, maybe I don't miss it as much as I thought I would.
2: <laughs> here's the thing about those concourses, though. The right where we were was right by, like, the, the Chrysler Center where they played the basketball team plays, and they had the 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 merchandise shops set up there. So there was a massive line for that. And then the concession stand right by, by us had a massive line, and everyone was waiting to get beer when you just had to walk, like, out of the covered concourse, and they had beer stands everywhere that there was, like, no line at. So and, and with the bathroom, all you had to do there was, like, an in and out. When you just wait for someone to go out the out, and you just sneak in the back way? That's what I did. It wasn't a problem.
3: Yeah. There was a report. Somebody saw a guy uh, take a shit into a plastic bag. Like, on a oh, plastic. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wait, you I was,
0: saw the uh, report? Right no, I didn't, I didn't see the actual shitting in the bag. What I did <laughs> see was the guy who broke the tweet uh, was, was, I think it was Sean uh, Gentile. He was two seats over to me in the press box, and he's telling Dave Loza, dude, somebody just shit in the bag on the concourse, apparently. Oh, one guy tweeted up to the press box, and Sean just answered it, and he said, dude, I don't know what to do with this, and we just can't stop laughing for about five minutes. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> you know, And it's, it's not hard to imagine because more reports came in later that because the bathroom lines were so long that many fans took it upon themselves to not only disregard the porta-potties but go behind the dumpsters. So the shitting in the bag wasn't too far-fetched at, at, at a certain point.
3: Hell, it's sanitary um, compared to just shitting on the ground, although even if you're by the dumpsters.
0: See, we started to scheme as to whether or not this person had decided to bring the bag in preparation for shitting
3: <laughs>
0: or if the bag was uh, a byproduct of bringing food into the stadium. <laughs> so that's got about a good 10 minutes of the intermission of trying to figure it out.
3: Boy, this sandwich was the best idea I ever had, and now it just got better.
1: Yeah, for all the Dragonian rules about you could and couldn't bring into the stadium, I was really surprised. Like, I I got up to the gate, and I untied my coat. I'm like, okay, what do you need to do? And he's like, eh, you're fine. Go in. You don't want to check my pockets or anything? Like, I look like a, I have so many pockets in this coat. I could have a bear in here, and you're like, okay, go in. Whatever.
2: Actually, at the end of the game, I left the stadium, J.J., when I went out to the bus to you guys. I walked all the way back into where we entered and walked right back into the stadium without a problem. Walked right past security and no one cared. Nice. So, yes, to say security was tight uh, isn't quite that true.
0: Which is funny because it kind of usually is for a person who has season tickets to Michigan football, which is another travesty. But, uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have any problems with security either after about five minutes they all they, stopped caring because they got pissed off by the NHL. They emphasized quite a bit no
2: bags allowed of any kind in the entire building. I could have smuggled it. Like, Jill didn't bring her camera, her really nice camera, because she has a giant camera bag. I could have just put it under my shirt, and no one would have cared, and I could have walked right in.
0: Well, you could have. At
2: no point did I feel unsafe with 105,000 people watching hockey. Because they were all nice Canadians, and they just kept apologizing for everything.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was probably more vicious online after they lost than uh, than at the game.
2: From Wings fans, or at least oh fans? yeah,
3: no Wings oh, fans, but, yeah. Wings fans were happy. Wings fans were upset. Howard should be catapulted into the sun.
2: Really, Howard? I thought it played. Well, all right Howard
3: played from from a I mean, from a game perspective. Howard had a fantastic game uh, until the shootout. And even well, uh, Bozak's handle. goal, Bozak's Lupel's goal was not a very good goal because Lupo basically came in and put a five-hole. And that goal, I would admit, too, is like, oh, Jimmy, that's I don't know. That's not your best effort there. The Bozak goal was a nice shot. It was low blocker side, uh, you know, just inside the post. It's a good shot. I mean, maybe if the Red Wings would actually shoot in – uh, shitty conditions in a shootout instead of trying to deke. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Um, but other than that, Howard played a really strong game yesterday. Bernie just was so much better. Bernie was when amazing. You,
2: when you figure out, you know, when you figure what Jimmy did against the Predators, like when he stopped the first two shots, I was like, all right, <laughs> better start early. Mean-
3: he made um he made a number of very very strong saves that uh sh- probably should have been goals and one where, um, like,
2: didn't he like flip backwards and hit it with his hand or something yeah, like
3: yeah he he was like it was like one of those like Hasek-esque hashic, where he just kind of completely spun around and got his and got his glove on it and it was glovers block, I don't remember, but yeah, he just kind of completely did a one eighty and uh, knocked the puck away and but Bernie was just—he was Bernie was amazing. Bernie was the only reason the Leafs won that game. That was it. I mean, the Wings had a ton of good chances, even despite the conditions. That's the the best game the Wings have played in a, a number of weeks.
2: Well, the so, better team never loses, though.
3: No, no, they never do. <laughs> no, they're always done in. No. I mean, you know, disappointing that they that they ended up losing in the shootout, but from um you know from a possession and, and play perspective and all that kind of stuff it's it's encouraging because they played a they played a strong game i would they hope that they could build off of that and uh go on a little bit of a run here
2: i would i would hope so considering who they're playing next week or the next week yeah and a half, so
3: yeah california trip followed by um a game against the kings which i'm going to actually that's the game i'm going to
2: yeah, cuz I was, you know, looking at the standings. They're the final wild card team. They they're only 4 points up ahead of New Jersey, David's favorite team and the Rangers. And they those both those teams have a game at hand. So,
0: <laughs> New Jersey's not a threat, don't worry. <laughs> they're not a threat. Um the, pretty much any team from the Metropolitan Division is not a threat because it's it went from being the best division in hockey 3 years ago, uh, arguably other than the Central Division, to now the shitty one. It's it's the one that everybody kind of kicks to the curb, and that's kind of ironic considering that the Islanders, as of five minutes ago, were up two nothing against the Blackhawks in a <laughs> building that's, that's uh, you know, first of all, not filled. Be- first of all, it's, it's a concrete shithole. Second of all, it's not filled because there's a gigantic snowstorm going on there right now, and I know that because my mom won't stop blowing up my phone about how much snow we're getting. So, uh, yeah, despite that. Glad we didn't do dinner tonight, guys, because I walked out this morning and I couldn't open the door because it was uh, well buried by snow. So, um, nice little shout out to Tyler. Hope he's okay. And uh, we'll I'll, we'll do fish tacos another time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez,
1: think, yeah, honestly, really great question here in the. There's a great question here in the chat um, from Smack Talks, because during the cold, of the game yesterday. What do you think of the Super Bowl being outside in the cold?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, football's
2: idea. football's played in any weather,
1: but as far as the
2: the the crowd and everything uh I'd be pissed like at really, we when we yeah. we bought tickets for the winter classic, we knew what we were signing up for when you go to the Super Bowl, you expect to be warm or indoors, and um you know the logistics i know i you know as we cover the Patriots and people have talked about like the logistics of. All those people that are going to be in New York City and having to get to the Meadowlands if they get dumped on with like 10 to 14 inches of snow and it's going to be uh, it's not going to be a pretty sight. I wouldn't be surprised if it got pushed back a week or something like that.
3: Oh, they yesterday they were talking that they were actually concerned that the traffic was so bad getting into and around the stadium. There was a concern that people who uh, hadn't you know, who weren't there were actually going to miss a, a significant amount of time of the game because of the traffic. Getting in. They they actually to the point where they thought the uh, attendance record was going to be in jeopardy because of um uh people not being able to get to their seats in time.
2: Yeah, getting there wasn't an issue. Uh I mean I left we left super early. I mean at what time were you there, JJ? We were there at like ten ten oh, yeah. thirty? It was between ten thirty uh, and eleven.
1: We got there. Yeah, you got there like probably five minutes after we got there. The bus got got there, offloaded, and then you showed up with a case of beer, and uh, it was it was pretty amazing timing. You're like the beer fairy. <laughs>
2: and then we ran out of beer
1: <laughs> really quickly. Yeah,
2: should have brought. That's right. Though I
1: got more super nice Canadians, like they were standing near us with just, like, four cases sitting around at their feet. Was it and Molson? I was, uh, there was, there was a Molson, there was a Bush, there was a Coors, and I think there was a Bud Light. And I went over to – I was going to offer them money. Like, I was going to be like, hey, I know beers in the stadium are $9 for the 16 ounces. I will give you $4 for a 12-ounce. But before I could even get those words out, they are like, you want a beer? Take one, man. I was like, yeah, sure, thanks. And they are like, you can have another one. If you chug that one and say Go Leafs Go, and I'm like, well, fuck it, free beer. I'll say Go Leafs Go for a free beer. <laughs> <What>
3: <laughs> they did I record
1: it, but I I forgot to tell them, like, where to embarrass me online by, by posting those. So somewhere out there online is probably a picture of, you know, random Wings fan says Go Leafs Go for beer, but I haven't found it yet.
3: If only they knew that it was Internet celebrity JJ from Kansas chugging that beer. I know,
1: right? I should have told them. <laughs>
3: Do you know who I am? You could go all loose each on him.
1: <laughs> You guys may not know this, but uh, I write for Wingy in Motown. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I have a it's
3: semi-successful yeah. Red Wing blog online. I would You'd be surprised how no, much
0: people back. know him. It's kind of funny. Everybody knows JJ. <laughs> I don't know. If it's that's actually great. One. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's about one of those 50-50 things. Uh, I was—I could tell you during the puck drop, which was um, not, not of the game, there was like a puck drop in downtown Ann Arbor for uh, the new year, and I was actually staying there. I'd kind of wandered out on my own, um, almost party hopping, but I really couldn't. So I had about six Canadians that I was – Just doing like dinner theater with for the entire time while we were waiting for the New Year to come in, and and they're just all you know. Americans are kind of like, yeah, whatever, texting on their phone if I'm trying to tell them a story. And then these Canadians, you know, started out with the mom, then the dad came in, then you've got two families that are like forming a circle around me as I'm talking about uh, women. They're just they're captivated by it, and it was it was hysterical. And they were uh, it was a nice little family from uh, Midtown. In, in actual Toronto, so not not suburbanized, but they're Canadians, and they're friendly, I guess right Graham
3: yeah, it's us. I'm telling you if you ever go on vacation and there are Canadians around, those Canadians will be talked about for you know just kind of being friendly and you know that that stereotype exists for a reason. Everybody I've gone on vacation and been a part of a group that's been known as the, you know, the crazy Canadians or the super friendly Canadians or, you know, the Canadians that we drank with. That's usually that's usually the group I'm part of, but that's just that it, it really it really is a thing. I, I you know, I know it's probably kind of a joke, but Canadians are just they're just polite and nice like that. They probably yeah, weren't even were that so interested. They just started to listen and went, oh, God, okay, well, whatever. We, we committed we had, to that, uh, so.
1: We had Marlon. He's uh, Marlon Brando underscore on Twitter. Uh, and he was like the resident Canadian. So everywhere we were going, like, we'd talk shit about Canadians and and be like, oh, except for you, Marlon. And he'd just laugh it off and, and go along with the jokes. He was very, very well-natured about, uh, about all the shit we were giving him.
3: He's secretly plotting to kill you.
1: I uh, probably, but he brought us Canadian candy. So,
3: <laughs> what is
1: ca- what kind of candy? <laughs> what is Canadian
0: candy? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, For actual just, candy. Uh, so so sexually, he brought uh, coffee crisps, which apparently is a thing. Yeah, oh, uh, you, uh, chocolate bar. Did he bring Smarties? Canadian
2: Smarties, which aren't like American Smarties.
1: No, Canadian Smarties no, are better. Smarties are are good? Yeah.
2: I have a box of no. Canadian he brought. Smarties on my desk at work, Sweet. that I
1: have not eaten. He brought Swedish berries and fuzzy peaches, so when you combine those two, like, it was very sexual.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm guessing that's Graham's house.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the last No, that's weird.
1: <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> oh, by anyway, the way, yeah, that actually was Maria on the Jumbotons. Trumbo her on twice. She uh, she said that on the bus. So no, you owe me an apology. No, the the, the, <laughs> she, the the she said it was it, her. So the initial even, Maria can't, no, no. can't tell. not The
2: initial is. person that you pointed out and said, "Hey, it's Maria." Turned around and had a Zetterberg jersey on. Maria was wearing a Howard jersey. She was. Too that was Zetterberg jersey. Bullshit. Yes, the first <laughs> time, maybe the second time when I was giving you shit.
1: Maybe that was her, but. The first time the person has Edinburgh jersey on. So no. Fuck I don't me. know, you were pretty hammered. I'm not sure I can trust you to believe a a fact. I was like not that. I was not hammered at all. No, you weren't hammered. You were in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> you were in a good way.
2: We we did get on the yeah, I mean, time
1: though. We did. Yeah. That was cool. I don't know. Well they were mostly trying to get that uh, that really cool dad and his kid that was sitting next to us. Yes. But we were in the background of that. That's true. I've been trying to find – remember right after Alfie
2: scored and that photographer was right in front of us and we were jumping up and down and he kept taking our picture? Yeah, or not. Yeah, was... Okay. I've been trying to find that picture somewhere <laughs> on the Internet. I have not found it yet. I don't know. I've checked Getty Images, AP Images, USA Today, all the local papers. Nothing. So,
1: Maybe it's just so not we, apparently didn't make, we apparently didn't make the final cut of the pictures from the alumni game either where, where you bothered that photographer and had our picture. Oh, I think that was like a fan photo thing. I thought, but that was a pretty professional-looking
2: camera. That is true, I guess. Speaking of the alumni game, JJ, why don't you share your thoughts on the alumni game? Because you know the Winter Classic was awesome, but we actually saw two Red Wings victories at the alumni showdown.
1: Um, I mean, as as far as hockey games go, the <laughs> the first one was was a lot of fun for being at, like it was like the grind game because the Schneider Show. Yeah, the Matthew Schneider uh, delegation game. Because the second one was like all the 2002 team plus Mickey Redman. Um, like the the games were fun. I just, I think that I was, I was a little bit disappointed that the second the second group didn't fucking destroy those Leafs guys because there were so many Leafs names that uh, I guess I'm just a bad hockey historian. Uh, there were so many names I'm like I have no idea who the fuck oh, this is Corey Cross.
3: Redmay. Build, builder Lego.
1: Hi. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Mhm.
3: It's funny because I mean uh, they they actually showed the second alumni game on TV, and um, you know they're doing the the leaf introductions, and I was able to pick out every single one of them, like Gary Lehman. Oh, standards must have been low for this. But. Uh, no, they showed, uh, you know, I mean, obviously on TV with Iserman coming out. I couldn't even, couldn't even imagine how loud the stadium must have been when he came out.
1: Oh, it was fucking great. I was actually in the bathroom when that happened, but I could hear it. I'm like, oh shit, they came out to skate, and they kept showing people up on the jumbotron. And every time they would show somebody, the whole crowd would would cheer their heads off. It was, that was amazing.
2: I don't know. What would am- the one of the most amazing parts was that Redmond passed. Is Fedorov, off. <laughs> I uh, that that I just I don't know. I, I said be- I said the night before the alumni game that I was looking forward to seeing Brown and off the most. I mean, other than like seeing the obvious and Iserman come out and Konstantinov and How and them, but whatever. And the guys actually in the game, and both those guys scored, and I was very pleased.
1: You should have been looking forward to, like, one more person, so it wouldn't have had to have gone to a shootout. That is true. We were disappointed. Although, Homer winning the
2: shootout was great. But with Homer, we were all like, what the fuck is Homer doing? And then he lost the puck, and then he just roofed it. It was the most Holmstrom shootout goal ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He loses the puck, and then he shows, like, those sneaky good hands that we kind of forget that he had. Oh, yeah, Kosher uh, wearing twenty four for the intros. Uh, Joe Cooper just reminded me. That was that was a really nice touch. I like that.
3: Yeah, and he actually he had Probert on the back of the jersey. It wasn't just 24. It was Probert. It was his name, too. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. So they
3: only Coach showed Sherwin. the
1: second game on TV?
3: I don't no, think they, they showed, showed the first one. I wasn't really uh, – the first they one, showed both honestly, on, was... uh,
2: Fox Sports Detroit showed both.
3: Yeah, Fox Sports Detroit showed both. Uh, For for us, out of marketers, um, you know, like you had to find either a stream of it, uh, and I both legal and not so legal. But um, I was able to uh, NBC Sports showed the second one, so uh, Uh, it was really cool. Strader was, I think, Strader called it. But uh, I I will say I was. Beyond happy that Fedorov got cheered when he came out. Like you could not, uh, certainly on TV. I know there were probably a couple people, whatever. From t- on, from TV, you could not tell that any person booed. I don't think all any you could him. hear was cheers. I don't. I don't think no, in our boo. section booed him. There
2: were tons I, you know, of, I'm sure there's of there's people. I'm sure there's one random you know.
3: person who was like, that guy's "Such a dickhead," you know, and whatever. But uh, I, it was just so, it was nice. I thought it was thought in that moment. You know what? That's it. He's it, all is forgiven. It's you know what it was a long time ago. Fedorov is back. He's you know in the good graces of the of wing fans, and then he scored that goal. And then, like that goal was just it was just vintage Fedorov. Just kind of sneaking in down the side, takes a beautiful pass and scores. And I was like, oh, I miss you, Sergey.
0: Maybe you could teach Stephen Weiss something.
3: Hmm. <laughs> I really wanted Eisenman
1: to score, and I really wanted Larry Murphy to score. That that would have been too perfect for Larry. Like, because that that would have been our version of uh, Ty Domi having scored a goal on us.
0: What about Curtis Joseph scoring an empty net goal?
1: (laughs) Well, I was pretty mad at him for, like, he stood on his head in that third period, and that was, like, at one point I did yell out, you know, why couldn't he have done that for us in the playoffs? But that wasn't the best part of, of yelling at goalies. Uh, when Osgood led in the first goal, Jeff yelled out, Ozzy, you suck, and the lady in front of us, like, turn around and give him a stink eye.
2: <laughs> the dirtiest <laughs> one. I was
1: clearly joking, but she had she. Thought yeah, you even. were. And so I followed it up, yeah, a Hall of Fame goalie would have made that save. <laughs> so uh, I never
2: found I out. Know, like, did they say on TV, if any did, I guess none of you guys watched it locally. If Ken Holland was scratched with a groin injury from that first game, oh, they never
3: said it. that was the that was the rampant joke. Uh, although I made the joke that uh, management sent him down because they deemed he wasn't ready for this a game of this magnitude.
2: <laughs> it a, it's a men's um, game, so
3: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, that's and uh, Petrella actually picked up on that one. I think uh, I think he enjoyed a, a joke like that. But no, they never said why he was scratched. Um, I don't know one of those oh, things, okay. I guess. I did
2: love, they played the uh, the Irish jig when Shanahan scored. That was cool. It was cool to see Fisher score in the first game, too.
3: Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of love for Fisher in the first one. Um, even from even from reporters, you know, about uh, what a nice uh, moment it was for him that he was able to be out on skates and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, watching him, I was like,
1: you could tell, like, he wanted to ramp up the intensity a little bit more than all the guys he was playing with. Like, he really held himself back from, like, driving people into the boards and, and being Yuri Fisher. <laughs>
3: <Yeah.
1: clears throat> well, I know I read he had
2: his, the doctor was there with him, like, on the bench.
3: Yeah, like Just making yeah. sure they, they would not to take it easy. Yeah, and they were just, you know, just to be, just to be sure and safe, and but, uh Yeah. So it was good. It was good to watch. It was fun to watch. I mean, like I say, one of those things. I, I've said, you know, I said to, uh, to my wife when when I was watching it, like I stopped working and just started watching the game. And she came in and I said, "This is the first moment where I really, really am disappointed. I'm not there." Was for the second alumni game.
2: Which it was awesome. I mean, the Winter Classic was still way better. I mean, I know JJ, you had said you were looking forward to the alumni game a little more, but the Winter Classic it was the alumni game wasn't even close to that.
1: No, I agree. Uh, in in retrospect, the, uh, the Winter Classic was was way way better.
3: I would imagine it would be. It's a different type of emotion for the alumni game versus the the actual game, because the alumni game is, I mean, that's about nostalgia. I was watching on TV, and I was immediately 16 years old again, you know, watching these guys when they were in their primes and, uh, you know, winning cups. So the game itself is, you know, it's about here and now, although kind of got mad at people who were talking about how the Wings aren't going to make the playoffs because they lost yesterday, but separate conversation
1: yeah I agree it was definitely more more nostalgia like it was a, it was dustier at America, but it was way more energy in the big house yeah those seat cushions fucking suck though I mean yeah. I know they were free but they were pretty awful we
0: got three of them sitting got- in this apartment living room right now I don't know what to do with them I still didn't look
2: to see if I got my free autographed
0: rookie card, though. I should probably
2: do that. Uh,
1: I didn't. I got uh, four cards. I had uh, Reimer, Bernier, Mrazek, and uh, and Kaiser, and I just gave all of those to Jen McCrosty to give to Deacon.
2: Uh, oh, well, I would have taken the Red Wings ones.
1: Yeah, but you weren't on our bus.
2: It's true. I wasn't.
1: You give your sister that $10. What
2: $10? The one I gave you on the bus and said, give this to your sister.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: Okay. I hope she's listening. You owe her, your, her $10. Nope.
1: She's currently packing.
2: Graham, we wish you could have been there. We've we tried to, to bring the, your spirit with us.
3: As I, I, saw, already, I, I, I got a ago. good chuckle out of that picture. Um Especially the thumbs up. I'm not even kidding. My first response when I saw the picture was, "Why do they have a picture of Matt Schaub?" <laughs> and and uh, my wife made the joke out loud, and she's like, "Why is that a picture of Matt Schaub?" And then I tried to get a pick six thing in there, but I just, I just couldn't quite get there. But no, I appreciate that. It was, it was disappointing to miss it, and I, I mean, I, I missed the game. You know, it would have been nice to have gone to the game, but. The risk of sounding sappy, I missed hanging out with you guys too. Uh Yeah, but You old softy. Yeah, I know. It's a new year. I don't know what that has hey, to do with it. Just whatever.
2: Um, I think Tyler still has your head on a stick somewhere, so
3: Oh, he's not uh, he's done sitting on my face?
2: Well he wasn't Yeah, <laughs> he is. I don't know. There, there, there's, there's these little pocket things on the seat cushions and he just shoved you in there because you were all melty and from the snow.
3: <laughs> I really, I got to admit, it took me, I did not know where that picture came from. I was like, wait, do they have a picture of me that I don't know? Because I couldn't recognize it, although that's usually my standard look. Bold. Bald with a smile.
1: I like that pick one where he had red eyes.
2: I just take the, like, I went through his Facebook profile pictures, and everyone had, like, the biggest version of his head, because I had to crop it out, <laughs> cut it, and everything. So.
3: Yeah, it was
1: still pretty pixelated, too.
2: It was. It was.
3: Well.
1: You suck, Graham.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, if you'd asked, I could have probably provided you with a better picture, but.
2: Well, we wanted it to be a surprise.
3: It was surprising. I was. Uh, I was very surprised.
2: <clears throat> so yeah. Whatever.
1: What about the uh the Loophole hit? It
3: was it was it was dirty? Uh there was no question when they showed it in the replay um Kindle comes in and and lays a high hit. I mean admittedly a high hit on Loophole. Loophole's got a history of concussions and you could kind of see Loophole just kind of like he kind of was like almost taken aback for a quick second. And then Eves was right there and he, you know, there was a whole scrum along the boards. Eves is bent down and, you know, loop will just cross check it right down. And it was one of those hits that you just saw. and I think the play went up and Eves is still lying on the, on the ice. And of course with his history, you know, your first thought is, oh shit, it's just, you know, it's another concussion or something like that. And, um, you couldn't really see it initially, you know, live action, but when they showed the replay, I mean, my first reaction was that's that's a dirty hit. That's that looks intentional. I mean, it's a cross check. He's looking down at Eve, so it's not like uh, you know, he just kind of caught him or something like that. He had every intention of cross checking Eve's in the head and neck area. I personally, I think it's worth a couple games. So, that's my own thought, especially given the fact that Lupul is a repeat offender.
1: Yeah, based on his history, I think he should get four or five.
3: You know, it's a it's a it was a target um, a target. The head and neck area was targeted, and the principal point of contact. So well, and it was I, a clear
2: retaliation.
3: It, exactly. You know, and I just I I don't see how. I mean, Eves didn't put himself in a position to get hit. Or anything like that. I just I don't see what the argument here uh gonna make that's going to mitigate anything. I think he said the report's going around saying he was trying to hit him in the arm. Like how do you even how do you do that? Uh, Cali, I don't know how his you
2: vision hit. was blurred, he couldn't see, his shoulder pads were slippery, stick just
0: slipped right up and hit him in the head. Mm hmm Yeah, him cracking him. in
1: the neck. Down I don't know.
3: They, 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 when they when that hit happened, you saw the replay. What was the reaction like in the press box?
0: Uh, well, well uh, regrettably, I was actually tweeting something when that hit happened, and then somebody like tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Look it up." And you know, it, it was kind of everybody was going about their business, but the, my, my first words were, "That's just dirty." And. uh And uh, a couple other guys said, yeah, that's going to be looked at right away. There was really nothing too much about that, and and most people left it alone in in the post game press conferences, especially because uh, at that point we were more concerned about gameplay and Randy Carlyle being a dick. And, uh, you know, more, the the Eves thing was overshadowed, A, by the fact that there was a a huge trade that was going on in the process. And I don't think the trade was made by that point. So everybody's wondering where Dave Nonis was in the press box. And then um, th- there was a lot of, you know, first of all, when, when the trade actually went through, uh, it, it was pretty interesting because there were so many factors and so many things that had overshadowed the hit. Uh, and I'm just sitting there like, hey, guys, uh, Patrick E is gone and nobody knows who he is. And uh, apparently at first he was taken in the locker room and then, um, you know, then Helene sent out a tweet because apparently the Red Wings staffers love just telling her things and having everybody else find out through her. So I didn't hear anything from Red Wings PR the whole game except for stat sheets. And Helene tweeted it out, and then everybody kind of thought, okay, yeah, this this is uh, this is not acceptable, and we moved on.
2: Do you, Do you think they can tell her why this team has so many groin injuries then?
0: Uh well I think we all know why but I don't think anybody wants to, you know, leak it out. I was trying to meet up with my uh with my contact within the wings and um you know, she was kind of floating around the whole game. You never got to see her, but I would have asked her the growing question. And uh I wanted to be the dick who would ask who would have asked it in the uh, in a post game conference to Babcock, but I decided to just go ahead and ask the uh, the Griffin's question instead. And I I actually got a better answer out of that than I thought I would have from from there going, because Bat uh, it would have been you know, the not-so-friendly thing. Well, you know, uh, uh, tr- uh, you know these guys, they train, they go hard, and it's a, it's a, it's a little secure. But, uh, we, you know, we've got to stay on top of our game, and, you know, we've got guys with open injuries that are going to come back and and do it, you know. He would have filled off the whole Babcock thing. Uh, sorry what did for you my ask? I didn't, see
2: the,
0: I didn't see the press conference.
2: What, what was your question?
0: Um, well, they're on the. I don't. You know what my voice sounds like now. They're all on NHL.com. Mine was. Uh, what did you? What do you think of all the ex griffins and how they're playing? And um, and I asked him also about Thomas Sitar and he gave he gave a response that said, "Well, we're basically running an open tryout right now, which is not too far from the truth because of how many guys that are getting injured." So he likes uh, he likes Glenn Denny a lot. He's not going to be a huge point scorer, but he thinks he'll be a very good NHL player. Advocator's starting to get really good uh he he basically stated why Yurko wasn't in and they thought that blinding would bring a different element to the game which he kind of did. Uh you know, a lot of back and forth stuff and Babcock wasn't in there for more than about five questions, so the fact that I got one question in was was pretty good. So um but he, he also he also said interestingly enough that uh you know he never talks to his team after a loss, but this was the one game where he broke his procedure and did because he really was that satisfied with the wings play. And I think that that kind of sh- just elaborates on the fact that this really was a much different game than we're used to seeing with the wing nowadays. Now, I did see, uh,
2: I think it was Justin Bourne and Katie Bakes, or Baker, whatever her last name is, on Twitter, talking about, like, Babcock did say in his press conference, like, when he started or something, that like, this was, like, a great moment and you should remember this, blah, 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 and really – you know, he he wasn't a robot, and they were applauding him for that. Like, he was sincere with, like, how awesome the atmosphere was and an experience it was, and, and he didn't give just some dumb cliche answer. So I, I read that, and I thought that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. Bornet said something about, he, you know, when they asked the players what it's like to play in that sort of atmosphere, and they all kind of talked about, like, I think he was surprised that there wasn't more just complete, um, I don't know, I don't know what the word is. Good night.
2: Good night. Who are you saying good night to? The little
3: one going to bed. Oh, she's not going to. She's got stage fright. So, <laughs> um, right. no. Just he he expressed surprise that. Bye bye. Bye bye. There you go. Oh, that's cute. That um, there weren't, like, more guys just like, oh, what an amazing moment and, you know, kind of expressing that sort of uh, emotion about it. And, you know, somebody pointed out, well, there's there's like 10 outdoor games a year. Most of these guys have played in them now. It's not a big deal anymore.
2: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like yes, maybe I'm biased because my team played and 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 I was there, but it just yesterday just seemed different, just with the amount of people and the split crowd and just like I said, I don't know what it came across as like on TV, but in the in the stadium, it was just the energy was crazy.
3: I think regardless of whether it's you know they've played in one before or if. Uh, you know, it's not a winter classic, it's a stadium series one or whatever. I mean, it's, it is something different. It's something to kind of remember as for the experience, because even if they do have five or six of these a year now, or however many they're going to have, it's still something that's, that's unique. It's not something that they do all the time. So especially something like yesterday, where it's the biggest one ever, you know, why shouldn't a player kind of take the moment to just remember it and, you know, not focus so much on the on the results, but focus on the experience.
0: So this, I will is, say. this is where this is where I'm going to chime in here. Um, I usually when I do game recaps, I don't really know what the win procedure is because you know I, I like pissing JJ off and not asking these things. But when I do recaps and the wings lose, I don't do a player of the game poll. I always do something different. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do a player of the game if it's like, you know, if it's really bad and let's say the goaltender stood on his head and they couldn't get a win. So, you know, I think I had one poll like that. But my poll for this game recap was do you think that doing more than one outdoor game a year uh, kind of ruins the spectacle, uh, the Eisenman approach? And, you know, Eisenman I think was the first big-name hockey figure to kind of chime in against it. And over 70% of our readers and everybody in the win community said, yeah, we don't like it very much. And, um, you know, that's that's saying something. I don't personally think that. I look at it more like the Gary Bettman point of view, whereby there was a lot of demand for outdoor games and not enough years to fill markets. So they want to give opportunities to smaller market teams. We're not going to be in winter classics. You know, the, uh, the LA Kings and, and the Anaheim Ducks – they are pretty decent markets, but they're not going to be in a winter classic, clearly. So, you know, what screens playing outdoor hockey in Los Angeles, it's not going to be a winter classic because, oh, we've never done this. People have gone outside for generations in Michigan and played pond hockey. They haven't done that in California. It's new there. Um, you know, as as big of a hockey market as the New York area is, the Devils really don't have any more realistically than, than about 50,000 fans in their fan base altogether. I would be shocked if they did. Um, You know, the the Rangers are big, but, you know, pond hockey is not a a huge culture. And and this whole, you know, I grew up playing hockey thing is still prevalent, but not necessarily the same as if you live in, like, a Massachusetts or an upstate New York. And and the same thing with the Islanders. Uh, you You can go in circles with this. The Winnipeg Jets, there can never be a Winnipeg Jets in the Winter Classic, despite the fact that they sell out every night the population of the city of Winnipeg isn't that big. And, you know, maybe maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe they can get, uh, you know, enough Blue Bombers fans to chime in. I, I'm really not sure there. And some people from Winnipeg might contradict me on that. But I, I'm not so sure that the NHL would be willing to invest in, you know, making it as big as it is. Because the Winter Classic, regardless of any other uh, outdoor game played, is still going to be the largest game period, even larger than the Heritage Classic. So it's something that I think everybody has to take into account. It's going to make a lot of money for the sport and spread exposure. So uh, take it as it is. But I I still think that the Winter Classic is is unlike any other outdoor game.
2: Um, I'll I'll say we, we may in the future see more than one of these a year. But as far as the stadium series this year, and what is it, six total this year, there's five stadium series games or something. I personally just believe this is a cash grab because the lockout and the league lost money, so they're like, hey, let's do a fuck ton of outdoor games, make a bunch of fucking money, make up for what we didn't make the year before. And then, so, so next year I think you'll have the Winter Classic in D.C., maybe they'll do a Heritage Classic, maybe one Stadium Series game or two Stadium Series games, but I don't think it's going to be six every year going forward.
1: How about one outdoor game for every team? All 30 teams get a home outdoor game. I no. mean, fuck! It's going to be about growing the sport and you know giving everybody an opportunity to to do this. Let's just go balls out, like uh, like Joseph in the chat says.
2: No, I
1: say no. Not, I think it's a shitty idea too. But
2: as long as no, we're on I, the slippery slope, I think next year you'll see a Winter Classic in D.C. You'll see a Heritage Classic, maybe one more game at most. I don't think you know. I think two next year, maybe three.
3: I think what you could potentially see is if the Western Conference continues to be very, very, very good, uh, I could see them doing a winter classic with like something like this, because, uh, I mean really when they set it up the wings were a Western Conference opponent, even if they are in the East now. Um where they will either do like a cross conference kind of thing and bring in the Blackhawks. I mean the Black the Blackhawks are going to get a winter classic as a road team soon, I think, because they are such a huge draw right now. Well, oh, you put um, them in DC. Thought, I would put them in DC. Why not Chicago, Washington?
2: Would you get? You, will West DC East. fans care?
3: Chicago fans will. I mean, that's because that's the thing about it. I mean, you know, like with uh, with Detroit, Toronto, yeah. I mean, it was great. All the wing fans have showed up, but I mean, half of it was Leaf fans traveling to get there and. And showing up. I mean, would they say, was this the highest rated ever? Or second highest behind Detroit-Chicago?
2: Yeah, tied. Um, Well, that's the reason the the Leafs were picked for this, specifically because if they're trying to put 105,000 fans in the big house, they had to pick a fan base that would actually travel and go there. And that's why Toronto became this team that got into the big house and got into the Winter Classic, the first Canadian team to get in the Winter Classic, because Bettman knew, hey, they're going to fill that stadium and they're going to sell out because Toronto fans are going to travel where if you put a team like Chicago in there, I don't know if you would have sold as many tickets and that's not a knock on the Chicago fan base. It's just, they're not as hardcore as the Toronto fan base.
3: Oh no, not at all. Um, I don't know, but what I could see happening is if you're going to go, if you're going to make the, the winter classic, a rivalry type of game where you put, two teams in the same division or two teams that have a rivalry together, then I could see a stadium series from the other conference of, a, of another rivalry or something like that just to kind of placate both conferences. Because the Western Conference right now, there's no question, is the better conference. They've got the better teams. So if you want to put them in and kind of showcase those teams in a non-traditional setting – you give them a stadium series. Look at Chicago Pittsburgh is the stadium series that's here. I mean that thing's gonna that the ratings for that, if that were a winter classic, would be very, very big. I don't have, I don't have any doubts about that because of who would be involved from a US market perspective. But the thing about Washington is who are you going to put as a as a an opponent for them at this point? You've done Boston once Boston's had one. Pittsburgh's already Boston had two. Boston has been a road team. Well, yeah. See, I could see it being Boston because
2: Boston, Washington.
3: Yeah, I could see that because the Rangers. Eh, I don't know. I just I, they were the road team, weren't they? Because it was in Philly. Right. So I don't see the Rangers being a road team twice before they get one. Philly's had. Uh, been the home team, but they're they're, they're not good enough. To They've also been the road uh, team.
1: I think the Rangers will be a road team all the time. I think that's because like, they're the road team in all the Stadium Series games in New York, too.
3: Uh, maybe.
1: No, that's, it's because they, they want because, their 41 because, dates at Madison Square Garden. Money. That, they that want their 41 because. dates at Madison Square Garden.
0: Yep, that's, that's
1: right. right. And i and I don't know, it's my conspiracy theory that uh, that's what Bettman gave the Rangers to kind of keep them from uh, from forming the, the anti-lockout faction because they've gone head-to-head with the NHL before. And they lost. They got their ass stomped for it. But I think that was kind of an appeasement for the Rangers since you, you can be the road team even in your home stadium. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Rangers be a road team again, even in New York. I think depending on how uh, Colorado does next year, they might be able to host a stadium series game, and that might be one that Chicago takes. Um, I think it would be funny to shut the St. Louis fans up and the Minnesota fans up by putting them together in a stadium series game and then just kind of forgetting about it. Like, here, go play in your sandbox. Mine and Lincoln Logs, those aren't logs.
2: I was wondering, you know, if if they – they put a Canadian team in the Winter Classic, would they put Minnesota against Winnipeg in the Heritage Classic?
3: <laughs> two state, two uh, places that neither country wants to claim.
1: <laughs> God, that sounds like an awful game, too.
3: Yeah, it really would be. But you don't I want don't, to
2: see 24-7 with Dustin Bufflin?
3: Oh, with Vander God. Kane. Uh no, if they're going to do I ha, I do not doubt at some point they're going to give Minnesota a stadium series game. I don't think they're going to give them a Winter Classic game, they're not big enough. But they'll get a stadium, you know, that the state of hockey and that whole thing. They'll they'll get a stadium series game. And I think I, agree. I think
2: eventually we'll we'll see the whole Pittsburgh versus Philly at Penn State eventually.
3: Yeah, I know they've been talking about that one for a while. I saw somebody; they said that they would want to see Chicago-St. Louis at South Bend. Hmm. That would be oh. a good place to drop a nuke. How far is South Bend from Chicago? You,
1: that's not even the plug. hour and a half. A
0: couple hours.
3: Ah. Yeah, a couple hours. Not not super far. Yeah.
0: Well, South they Bend travel. is a dump.
3: Yeah, well, they they would. I mean, Chicago fans would travel to that. No question, it's not that far. Right. In the grand scheme of things, it's not traveling, you know, to Washington or something like that. And Chicago, they've already had one, so you can't justify. No matter how good they are and how big they are, you cannot justify making them a home team twice. Well, I, some, I mean, some of the bigger teams. They're play.
2: they're a home winter classic team and a home stadium series team. So where else are you going to do the game?
3: Yeah, because they the stadium series is at Soldier Field. You're not. You do it at Komisky. No. No, not unless you want every single fan there to be murdered after the game.
1: <laughs> uh, yes,
3: then. <laughs> Depends on who they're playing. There, that's Chicago, St. Louis, right there.
0: Yeah, that's Chicago, Flint, actually. Uh, here's a really terrible idea. What about um, a game in Green Bay at Lambeau? No, no. Uh, <laughs> with with Minnesota, Chicago. It's it's well, a, long right. trip it a terrible both. idea. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Well, no, yeah. I think that's yeah. too much
1: of a, of a trek for uh, the Minnesota fan base to actually do. Like, I think the Chicago fan base would do more. Like, they would fill up seventy percent of the stadium, and then Minnesota fans would fill up fifteen percent of the stadium, and then we would spend the entire day making fun of all the empty seats in Lambeau.
2: They should do yeah. wings sharks at the Rose Bowl.
1: No. No. I just want... It'd be cool to see a hockey game in the Rose Bowl. They should do Canadians, senators on the moon.
0: <laughs>
1: and leave them there after the game. They can play the see a tranquility game? <laughs> they
3: should send Dion Phaneuf to
0: the moon. How about that? Or the International Space Station with Alicia Cuthbert to see what happens for two months.
1: That would basically be like Planet of the Apes in reverse, like we send a caveman into space.
0: <laughs> I think that's completely and utterly viable. He, he'll, he'll get signed to another seven-year extension by the least, and he'll just the there's a non-movement clause that states that he cannot leave the International Space Station. I oh, feel bad for the astronauts who are there, though.
1: Right, because I mean, you're never on your feet in the, to begin with. All of his hits would be charging. This is gone to a dumb place. Get us out here, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I'm, I was trying to figure out a segue, but hey, twenty-four-seven. You guys excited for the final episode? And I mean the
1: the
2: they, they lost.
3: They lost to Nashville, so no.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll just gloss over that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean they're going to have a lot of set up for the Winter Classic. Like, oh
3: yeah, they also lost this game, whatever. Yeah. The last the last half hour is just going to be a musical montage of, you know, them walking out under the ice and spliced in shots of kids playing on ponds and uh you know, close-ups of players' faces with, you know, the breath, fo- you know, uh photoshopped in even though they're playing inside.
1: They had better do like, you know, I mean, if they're looking for, like, the really good kind of shots that they can use to uh, to drive the emotion for 24-7, they really need to run a shot of uh, Vladdy taking the ice for the Alumni Showdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I didn't
2: was, even think
1: uh, of that. Yeah. Are
3: they even going to show the Alumni
1: Showdown? I don't know. Um,
3: they apparently had HBO cameras there. So I don't know if they were just, I don't know if it's for 24-7 or if it's for, uh, you know, just other stuff, but uh, there apparently were. Because um, when they practiced, when the Wings practiced, and I think the Leafs too, I don't know, I wasn't really paying much attention at that point, but when the Wings practiced, they apparently got at center ice, um, this would have been, that would have been Friday. And uh, not Friday, God, just this, this, the days when they go to Tuesday when they did their practice during the alumni games. Um, they did like a group shot at Center Ice for the HBO cameras, like a like a photo.
2: Right, but that was at the big house, so what does that have to do with the alumni showdown?
3: But I think they had cameras at the alumni showdown as well, is what I'm yeah. saying.
1: I didn't see them. I didn't see anything that was at HBO, but there were... NHL cameras there, so I don't know. That was probably the the single biggest emotional moment for for me, at least. Yeah, I, I mean we we figured it would happen, but like they went so long without announcing Vladdy that I was starting to get worried that like something had like it wasn't going to happen.
2: Well, we thought he was going to come out with Gordy and drop the puck.
1: Yeah, and when they announced Lindsey, we're like, oh.
3: Yeah, I know that was sad. It, he he it was it didn't, it was he didn't sad. know where I mean, he was. It, no, he didn't. Like Eiserman had to actually kind of like kind of hold him and lean back, and and people are tweeting well, like, "Oh, Gordy on the ice." Yeah, yeah, and and people are like, "Gordy wants to get out there and play." I'm like, "Oh, that is not what Gordy is doing. He <laughs> has no clue what he's doing. It's very sad. I'm glad he's there, but they just I, I don't think he should be. I mean." It's sad, but I don't think he should be in public events like this anymore. But, you know.
2: It was kind of heartbreaking.
3: So, but, yeah, I actually saw somebody that said something about and said it gave him the itch to skate again. And it's like, comeback time. I'm like, are you stupid? You're a stupid person. He could barely move out there.
2: Oh, he 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 was like looking oh, at yeah. the bench.
3: Yeah, you could you could tell that a he had not skated in a long time, and b it was killing him to be out there. Like it, it was, he was in physical pain every time he was out there. He did not skate fast. Uh, I was
2: surprised how much he actually played. I was, you know, a couple times. JJ and I were like, "Oh, he was out there for like ten seconds, and then went right to the bench." But he kept going.
3: I mean, he's basically got bone on bone in his knees like he's got no cartilage in his knees. I can't even imagine the type of pain that he'd have to be in it's but he played. He did it. I mean it's a it's amazing. Yeah. He he gave a number of uh of interviews after and uh, apparently his decision really came down to kind of the last minute kind of thing like he was looking at his schedule and finally realized, you know what? Yeah, I can do it and you know wanted to do it. So I'm glad There was something
1: brutally poetic about the player who had to learn how to, you know, he had to accept he had to play defense to to finally get over the hump and, and become that the champion that he became uh, playing in the alumni game and uh, going off for a line change every time he was, he would have had to have back-checked. Like, he didn't back-check once. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he literally, he could not. Like, he could not get back into the zone and, and turn. So, like, that's... When you say like you know leaving everything on the ice, that that's really what, what Steve Eiserman did. He he left his ability to play on the ice. Well, one guy who could still play was Lidstrom. He
2: he he didn't miss a beat out there.
3: <laughs> there was a two on one that happened, and he just broke it up. And I was like, so this is what competent defense looks like again. I've, <laughs> I've forgotten it, you know. It just it had been so long since I saw it, and I thought, I hope Kyle Quincy's taken notes, and he probably, like, ate the eraser.
2: You know, yeah, being, no. <laughs> speaking of competent defense, um, we're almost 90 minutes in here, and Brendan Smith had one hell of a fucking game at the Winter Classic, huh?
3: He did. He and uh, I would say for the wings, uh, he and Tatar were the two best wings out there, the most noticeable, anyway. Um
0: Smith yeah, had one six.
3: play. This was the kind of game that I thought this is. This was a play that wouldn't be shown on any highlight reel, but I just thought really was a smart play. There was like a dump in that was headed towards the, the wing zone. Smith was at his own blue line, and it was a, a really high dump in. There were two Leaf guys coming in, and instead of Smith trying to bat it with his puck or anything, because he was standing still. Instead of trying to do that, he went down to his knees and caught it, almost like a fair catch kind of thing.
1: Oh, I remember so that, that. He, yeah, okay.
3: Just so that he could make sure that he stopped it and prevent the Leafs from gaining the zone. And in that moment, I thought, that is just a, such a simple and smart play. And I am so glad that it was Brendan Smith who made it because it's just it just shows oh, you that yeah. he's paying attention. Like It was just such a, a smart play given the conditions and the the quality of the ice he made sure that he stopped the puck and got it up to his you know got it up to the line i think the wings got a scoring chance not long after that because he was able to maintain possession and get it up so yeah he was he's been incredible since he came back from injury minus a couple of minor lapses here and there but you know whatever uh he's been really good
1: especially now that he doesn't Man, have to play Man, if you know finished that one timer chance that he got from, like, oh. just above the circles?
3: Oh, if he'd have hit that, that would have been amazing. I would have...
1: I would have
3: I want to yeah. say that one was due to ice. Like, that the puck kind of skipped on him at the last second, right before it got to him. They actually showed that a number of times. Um, I quit, No, Glenn Denning had a, a chance uh, on the side that you could see that they showed the replay. The puck actually hit a pile of snow and stopped before it got to Glenn Denning's stick where he could one-time it, so he had to kind of stop it and then take a shot. By that point, Bernier was in position. So, Yeah, you know. I thought it
1: was totally unfair that the two best scoring chances the Wings had um, came to Dan Cleary because he had that breakaway on the power play that he couldn't, he couldn't make, and then he had uh, Bernier down and out, and he couldn't bring it from the side of the net in. And I was, yeah. God damn it! It had to be Dan. Every time it
3: had to be Dan Clary. I actually, actually, did tweet that. I'm like, it, it was a- anybody but Clary, anybody. It, but you know what? Though Clary, everybody was like, oh, I can't believe Clary didn't put that in. I'm like, I can't believe Cleary's getting quality scoring chances. I mean, this is good. I'm taking. I'm, I'm glass half full on that one.
2: Well, the snow brought <laughs> everyone down to his level, <laughs>
3: but
1: did raise really Danny Clary up. He he cherry-picked a lot in that game, too. Oh, on the power play? He was nice hanging game. out by the blue line. Yeah.
2: The, the two he kids in the so, corpse I mean, line?
3: It was so weird to watch because, it, like, when the Wings got the puck, it, it almost felt like an all-star game. First of all, because that's how slow it moved. But, like, the Wings would get the puck, and they just would just, like, everybody would kind of back off. There was, I mean, there just didn't seem to be any hitting. Um, you could tell everybody was trying to be really ca- cautious with it and everything, and yet Datsuk still—it just every time he got the puck, it was like he didn't care. Oh, ice conditions, whatever. I'm still going to deke around everybody, and still made a lot of really good moves on people despite the conditions. And that, still made his, a move his, in the shootout. His shootout goal was was awesome. I mean, you know, to go, uh, you know, forehand, backhand, and then roof it under the crossbar on that ice. Was impressive.
1: Yeah, you really get a good sense of how strong his stick is on on the puck, because the passes weren't slowing down for him, and his stick handling wasn't slowing down.
3: Mm-mm. No, he. Uh, I mean, he looked dangerous. Uh, Tatar for the Leafs. Kessel was. Kessel looked really strong. Um, every time he touched the puck, I was. Uh, Concerned he was going to be able to do something because he looked really fast out there. But other than that, none of the Leafs really looked good uh, in the game, except Bernier, obviously.
0: A nice little statistic in the middle of the, the, or actually in the middle of like the second period, the Leafs had only had um, ten shots on goal at one point, or twelve shots on goal, and Phil Kessel had like five to six of them.
3: Yeah, that yeah, it was twelve. It was twelve for the Leafs, and Kessel had five. I think yeah, it was around that midway point of the of the second. It, the shots final shots were forty forty three twenty six
2: or something like that. 40, wow. Speaking 40, of final shot something. total. This is the final part of the podcast. Because we have to wrap this up before we run out of time. So do you guys have any final winter classic related hockey thoughts? We've got six minutes
3: um i was i I was bummed i couldn't go but i was glad to see that everybody had such a a great time um kudos to jen mccrosty for putting it all together i know you guys will probably thank her too but um i was initially part of the emails and uh i know how hard she worked to put it all together
2: yes everyone bombard her twitter account and say thank you a billion times for those who went
3: yeah absolutely
1: after that it was just so much fun to to get to meet all the people from from the internet. And you know, you know you hear you can't really know people like that, but really everybody that we saw in person was who their Twitter personas were. I mean there was there weren't really any uh any fakes there and it was if you check the whim feed from earlier today there's like three tweets full of people who were we're just amazing to meet but jen McCrossey is definitely at the, the top of the list uh, at jenny corks she she did so much to put this all together and to make sure that everything ran smoothly and it it really did and uh she was Norm the, MVP did the, the, the bus. of the eh? yeah, yeah absolutely so i can't wait for a, i can't wait for nick night now cuz we're going to that countdown to march
2: so uh I guess we'll say goodbye. So, for David and JJ and Graham and uh, myself, it's been winging it in Motown Radio. Say goodbye, everybody. No. Bye,
1: everybody. Garrett McGuire still uses a Blackberry. Seriously, he does.
0: Winging it. I'm winging it in Motown. Winging it. I'm winging
1: it in Motown. Winging it
3: in Motown. Winging it in Motown. Winging it in Motown. ni me